This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming is building the world's gaming community by helping game makers, developers, and publishers to build, grow, and monetize their games. They do this by providing research-based insights, in-depth case studies, as well as wide variety of educational materials. A recent example of this is Games Marketing Insights for 2021, a report that has just been released and is available to download for free right now. Of course, Facebook Gaming also helps developers and publishers of all sizes to deploy powerful UA and monetization strategies through a range of innovative solutions designed for games marketers in every corner of the industry. Go to fb.gg forward slash DOF for in-depth educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, as well as great video content. Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite, powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appslier.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. I think what's become clearer, certainly in the last few years, as competition in the game industry has really stepped up, is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business. You know, you could be super lucky, your game is an instant hit, it's resonating with users, but for when that's not the case, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level, that's where we come in. So we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game, whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zeloff. VP of Marketing at Ironsworth. Welcome, 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 everybody. And today we're going to talk about a game that I should have been playing, but didn't play. It was it was the game that we sh- we three should have been playing, but what ended up happening is that you two kept on playing and wrote about it. So introduction to my two amazing guests. First, Javier Barnes experienced designer with over 10 years of experience working at some of the best of game developers and game publishers. Welcome, Javi. I'm glad to be here uh, and uh, expecting to talk a lot about this game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good, good. And then we have uh, Hadrian Semrut, experienced PM of eight years in the industry as well, working on all kinds of top games at top companies from casual to social casino. Hadrian, welcome. Thank you, Mishka. Very, very happy to be here on my first appearance on this podcast. <laughs> Huge fan of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, well, let's let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. So we are talking about Pokemon Unite. And this was a quite of an interesting game because, first of all, arguably the best IP, right? Uh, not even arguably the best studio making this game. It's cross-platform. It is in the genre that is very hard to enter, but those who succeed take all the you know all the loot. Uh, the game accumulated quickly 30 million downloads in just seven days, beating games like League of Legends, Wild Rift, and Brawl Stars in the uh, the speed of scale. And then on the revenue side, we see 10 million of a, and a run rate that is declining as installs are declining. So essentially, not not a growing product. So what happened? Um, you know, uh, what were your expectations? as this game was about to launch. Uh, Hadrian, let's start with you. So, like, as you said, Pokemon IP, I think I was, like, I was sure that the thing was going to grow super quickly, like we've seen with other Pokemon products. And when I first played this game, so I'm not, like, an expert MOBA player like Javi. I'm more of a, like, casual casual type. So I played the thing and I had fun. Like, yeah, the product was nice. And but I knew something was going on. There's like on the first on the UX and on the the way every like the menus were were 
were being built and everything. I knew this was something that was missing. And I mean, the revenue is showing. So there's clearly something to be to be discussing here. And But yeah, the game is pretty fun. That's the first thing that we can say about it. That's for sure. But yeah, it's huge IP. Lots of organic download, as we could expect with such a such a huge brand for sure. Mm. Javier, you've been you've been writing a lot about MOBAs, and I think you um, there was an article on Master the Meta newsletter where you wrote a whole like a deep dive in into MOBAs, especially MOBAs in the West. So, what were your expectations as this game was coming? Did you think that this is like the next Brawl Stars, or what, what I, honestly, I was I was expecting uh, a Brawl Stars like a game that was more related to Brawl Stars than to uh, League of Legends. Um, and yeah, like, as you said, like this game had every card on the on on the hand to succeed. So um, it's actually very interesting to ask the question, like what what happened, what went wrong? Because um, it's always easy to say, sure, this success, this achieved success because of this, this, and this. But when something fails and has all of the factors that should make a product uh, successful. It really raises a lot of questions, and um, yeah, I, I honestly, same as Hadrian, and probably same as you, I was expecting this to be a huge hit, um, and um, it's been surprising. I honestly was expecting it, um, the, the ga- gameplay to be a bit more browsers like, uh, rather than so close to the core uh, MOVA experience. Um, but yeah, worth asking. What went oh, well, <laughs> well, let's talk about it a little bit, Javier, because like before we just dive in into into Pokemon Unite, I wanted to kind of ask you to talk a little bit about the mobile market. Like, what has it looked historically on mobile? Um, what have been sort of the best practices? Uh, can you can you kind of level us up on the uh, on the uh, on the knowledge of mobas on mobile? Yeah, so just to do a crash course on this, um, this is probably one of the genres that is more geographically distributed. Uh, there's two different worlds. One, it's um, Asia. Uh, MOVAs are big in Asia. Um, there's this game called Honor of Kings, uh, which in the West is known as Ren of Valor, which that one in, in China is makes so much money, it's kind of its own category. Like It's absolutely out of scale from any other product. In fact, whenever I compare it with other games, I just consider it its own category just because of the size it has. And uh, um, a lot of the com- like a lot of times when we say Asia and MOVA, we, we kind of uh, talk about China exclusively, but the reality, MOVA is, is popular in, in all of Asia. And in fact, there are several games that are pretty huge, um, like Compass, for example, that it's, it's great, because they dominate a specific country, in this case, mm-hmm. uh, Japan. Um, so in Asia, it's it's a its own thing. Uh, but then in the West, it's a different size. Of course, it, this only happens on mobile because, of course, League of Legends is huge in the US, right? But um, when it comes to mobile, um, what we find is in, in the West, we find games that are kind of core followers. They, they try to have this... Um, gameplay that it's close to the to the core and by that we understand close to League of Legends um, like games like Mobile Legends, Will Rift and so on but they don't get even close to the same volume of revenue and, and downloads as Honor of Kings or what we would expect from something related to uh, League of Legends. And then I would say that in the West what has been more successful is games that incorporate or take some inspiration from MOVAs, but they are not actually MOVAs when it comes to the core gameplay. Games like mm-hmm. um, Brawl Stars, which is, when it comes to gameplay, it's a top-down shooter. It's closer to Suba than to League of Legends, but it incorporates this idea of characters that have special abilities and uh, teams that have to be coordinated and, and so on. So there's a huge difference between these two territories. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been following MOBAs as well for a long time. Like like back when I think Zynga had this game called Solstice Arena, like like back 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 in the days. Like I remember playing Fates Forever, which afterwards became Discord. <laughs> I've been playing Vainglory since since the beginning. So I've been also following this genre quite closely, not because I particularly like MOBAs. I actually do not like MOBAs <laughs> except Heroes of the Storm. That's the only one. <laughs> uh, I, I find them very confusing. Um uh, 
and not fun. <laughs> just just like you're you're executing like this this list that you read on Wiki, and you're trying to you know buy the right items at the right time and do the right thing and kind of lane and and kind of like do your own part as not as as a part of a team instead of like doing whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, but but this one is particularly interesting because you mentioned Honor of Kings, and I think they cross like ten billion in gross revenue over over the lifetime. Honor of King has been made by the same studio that made Pokemon Unite. So the expectations are really high. And, and in the West, as you mentioned, it's like it's been just a graveyard of MOBAs. We got Marvel MOBAs, like even Kabam just released a sort of a, a Brawl Starry kind of a like a MOBA um, with Marvel characters not doing too well. And apart Game, from Brawl Game Stars, Love it's tried. Yeah, Game Loft tried. Game Loft tried a couple of times with, with good the RPG quality. Style. Yeah, the RPG style, very good type of stuff. And and it seems like the only one that succeeded has been Brawl Stars. And even they have done tremendous amount of marketing. And and we've seen kind of them like pop and drop in multiple different markets as they've, you know, they've been just the most accessible version. And not easy, like not an easy launch. We we followed that game go through like a two year soft launch uh, on Deconstructor of Fun and and kind of doubted that it would even come out, but still was able to come out. So so this this is def- definitely the sort of a market that is very hard to enter, uh, usually in Southeast Asia and Asia. But but Javi, just as you mentioned, it's like the expectations for this were so high because of the IP. Like maybe this would happen the same way as it happened with. Um, with location-based games, like none of the location-based games really make any sense except Pokemon Go. So we're kind of expecting, like maybe this is going to be the IP that is going to make MOBAs accessible in the world, apart from the uh, from the core audience. But doesn't seem yeah, like that. Yeah, that's the you know classic uh, West. How do we get the Western hardcore players to start playing? You know something that they like, and it's like it's the same for shooters. It's the same for a lot of different genre. And yeah, I know you like shooters, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> I do like shooters. It it is the forever endless quest of making like a Western player to play this type of games. Yeah. And yeah, because they're already hardcore players are very attached to PC. What it is mm-hmm. in the West, well, mm-hmm. in the in the East, it's a little bit different. And mobile hardcore is about is more, you know, it's it's most likely to succeed. So, Hadrian, what what were the uh, your first impressions when you after you downloaded the game and started playing? Because it's so, very different. So me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, as I said, I'm not a huge mobile fan. I, I don't like, I don't even have like Heroes of the Storm. I played the thing. I think it was quite the gameplay is quite fun. The, the, I like it because it was very simple, and as you said, the there was no need to say, okay, this is the build that I need to follow. Those are the items that I need to buy. This is how my character is supposed to be played. This is the my lane. This is like, I need to last hit mm-hmm. things. Oh. This was this was nice for me. It was like, okay, cool. This is fair. All of the projectile were like homing, you know. Javi, what you mentioned uh, before, it was very, 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 very simple, and I loved it. But then, after playing a while, I was like, okay, cool. So, what is making me want to keep playing this game? Mm-hmm. Like, where's okay? I'm hooked with the gameplay. That's nice, but like, I need something. I need progression. I need something going on here. And while Brostal picked me up very early with like, hey, this is your first character. This is your second character. You guys, you need to master this. You need to progress in this event, in this thing. I was like, okay, cool, cool. There's many things to, to do. In Pokemon, I felt like it was like good, good initial burst, and then okay, cool. What what I'm doing now? And I I felt like there was a lack of more, you know, in depth progression system that would carry me through the through the mid game and to the late game. And I I missed that. I missed that to be to be honest. So that would be my first impression. I so, think so. Kind of like not having that clear progression system of like what am I working towards, right? Exactly, exactly, and also like. I, I kept playing the same characters. I didn't want to try more, and I think that's the core thing that we're probably going to discuss even more, uh, Javi, in the in, in this podcast. But I, I got very attached to my my Venusaur. I tried something else, but then I was like, okay, cool. Like, what what am I doing here? And I think I think the initial uh, sort of audience of casual IP lovers that came, they got they got the initial hook, but then they we lost them very quickly. That would be that would be my two cents. Oh. So Javi, can you talk about some of the um some of the major changes that were done into the core of the game? Because you know, there's at least three big ones that you wrote in the uh, in the in the blog. Yeah, I mean to be honest, they kind of adapted a lot of the mechanics that come from the core gameplay in order to frame it in a in a simpler way. Uh, maybe the, the one that is the most relevant, the one that everybody will notice, is the fact that the uh, victories achieved 
by achieving a higher score rather than by uh, um, destroying the base of the of the mm-hmm. opponent. Uh, that's that's actually the I would say is the major change and it has a lot of implications. It means that uh, the game doesn't have minions, so uh, the the player character is the one that is uh, achieving the victory rather than in League of Legends or um, World Rift, Mobile Legends, and everybody else. That the game is about uh, supporting. Uh, the minions and the minions are, are the ones that are doing the hard job, right? Which is kind of counterintuitive, um, but it's how it is. Uh, so that, that's the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest change. Um, but then we also find other mechanics that are core in in uh, League of Legends and and so on that have been reinterpreted to be kind of compressed and casualized. Uh, one of them that really are very interesting is the side objectives uh, in League of Legends and all of the other games that are followers of it. Um, there's the the Baron, there's the Dragons, there are side side uh, neutral um, big bosses that the mm-hmm. entire team has to collaborate in order to defeat, and that provides an advantage that um, that well helps the entire team to to achieve victory. Um, and here. And I think that probably illustrates what has happened with with uh, Pokemon Unite. Um, there are three of those char- uh, bosses, uh, but two of them are pretty much irrelevant. And mm-hmm. the big one is Sabdos, and it's like whoever gets Sabdos basically wins. Like it, it completely, um, it, it has a huge power. It, it completely um, overrides the rest of the game, and. Um, I think this again illustrates very well what's going on with with Pokemon Unite is the fact that on this casualization they have made everything so simple that it's it's very easy to understand, but also they have removed a lot of layers of mastery compared to uh, League of Legends, where the team actually has to discuss and actually has to strategize if it's worth going for the uh, side objective or not, if it's uh, if they should should uh, uh, forget about some. Uh, side objectives in order to focus in in the, in uh, destroying turrets, for example, mm-hmm. that sort of a strategy is not here in in Pokemon Unite. In Pokemon Unite, it's like no, you need to go for this, otherwise you lose the match, and um, that that removes a lot of depth. Also, the, the Sabdos. Sorry, could you just to go for that a little bit? The Sabdos the timing is a bit weird, in my opinion. I think it arrives late, right, Javi? Uh, and it's like I don't know. I had the feeling that. When he was here, it was already like this was already decided. It was already decided, and then the, the Sabdos was like completing the 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 cycle of the, the team that was winning was already the one that's getting the Sabdos in 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 the mm. games that I had. So I don't know. I think there was a little bit of a, a timing issue here. Yeah, I mean side objectives in most MOVAs. One of the uh, functions that they serve is that they are combat mechanics. Um, so it completely makes sense that it appears okay. at, at the end. The, the problem is that it's it's uh, essentially no matter how the match is going, at the end it's going to be a clash in the middle of the map, and it's going to be, okay, you have been losing the entire time, but if you get to uh, kill Sapdos and score it, you may absolutely turn, turn the, the tables. And um, if you were dominating and you get to keep Sapdos from the other team, you basically uh, obtain the victory. So yeah. again, it's it really simplifies a lot the strategy and it removes a lot of, of depth because the player uh, the players do not need to take decisions based on that. It's a straightforward strategy. Okay. Mm. And how about how about the uh, the champion builds? Like how are how would you compare the complexity of those compared to let's say you know from Wild Drift to Brawl Stars? Like Hadrian, you want to talk about those? So yeah, the, 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 we had one debate with with Javi when we when we were discussing this game. It's about the skill selection thing. Uh, you remember that, Javi? It's like so in the way the the, the way the, the the builds evolves with the game is that when you level up your your Pokemon, you get to select which skill you take. In in like if I if I understand correctly, normally in LOL you don't select things. It's like you unlock the order is the thing you select, but not the skills themselves. Yep. And in Pokemon you can sh- you have one core skill at the beginning, and then you can select to switch it 
for two other skills. And that would be your build. So like there's clearly a build. That's like, I was playing the, the ghost, the ghost Pokemon thing. I forgot his name. I'm bringing French or the name are different. Um, so this ghost thing had clearly a build that was about teleport, new, come, escape. And there was another that was like more support, dart, uh, shooting, shooting poison, shooting. This was, this, those were two clear builds. And the problem I had with that, and I'll probably hear you, we won't, we won't agree on this, is that I had the feeling that there was no progression to my character because I kept changing. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, cool, I'm removing this skill. So it was, I was playing this way at the beginning of the game, and now I'm playing another build. Which made it very confusing because what I would have liked is like, okay, cool. The thing that I was doing at the beginning is sort of increased and emphasized at the end of the game instead of saying I was playing A and now I'm playing B and then in the middle of the game and switching and I'm playing another type style. And this was an issue for me. Uh, I don't know if Javi, you felt the same way. At least this is an innovation. I don't know if it works the way they intended to 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 work. I I mean I, I agree the the so when it comes to characters, I would say it's two different things. No, one is the um, evolution of the character during the match, and um, it's it's very interesting how how they do it because of, again the builds are kind of mobile in the sense that um, with a different set of skills and different choices there, um, a tank character can become uh, a completely different thing, can become more damage dealer. Um, and that, that's kind of cool. I mean, for me, this is actually something that uh, it's good uh, okay. because it makes that, um, it gives more more depth. The, the problem is that there are other side, uh, other mechanics on the characters, like the held items, that are generate synergies with only one of the builds. So actually, during the match, mm. if you are an expert player and you are fighting against some other expert players, you really have less choice than it, what it seems because the, your mm. held items is are, are going to determine the synergy are going to synergize with some of the specific choices so really it seems that there's a lot of uh, options but really if you want to be competitive you don't have as many um, but I think it's it's a good replacement to the items mechanic in some other uh, moves that Miska mentioned that were one of the <laughs> biggest barriers and it is true in League of Legends it's super difficult to learn the what the items do it's difficult to take those decisions because the items are complex. There are a lot of them and mm-hmm. you need to take those decisions in a match that is not that long. So it, it makes, it, it, it is really, really difficult. It's one of the areas that uh, require more mastery. Um, and in fact, in most mobile MOVAs, that area is generally simplified or um, characters have a recommended build which basically yeah. it's like, okay, buy this item. Mm-hmm. And if you want to experiment, you can do it, but it's not the recommended thing. Um, so th- that's one thing. Um, and and then the, the other is the amount of uh, time that you require in order to master a character. And I think this is the key part. It's related to the other, but um, the biggest problem, at least in my opinion, one of the biggest problems of this game is that in order to master one character, uh, one Pokemon, you need way less time than in other games. Um, mm. To master any character in Wild Rift, that's going to take you months of practice. I have been playing for one year straight with Master G in Wild Rift. I don't even, I mean, I still suck when it comes to, whenever I reach to gold, people start um, picking on me on the chat because I, I don't know how to properly play because the role it has to employ, it's, it's harder, the um, way to use the abilities in order to extract the maximum value. It's it's much more complicated. Uh, it requires coordination with other characters. It's really, really complex. In Pokemon, they have removed a lot of that. So actually, I was feeling it was pretty good with any of the characters after I was I was playing for like 15 days, maybe. Uh, so really, it, it, it doesn't have a lot of, um, a lot of depth. Um, and one interesting thing with Brawl Stars is the fact that the characters in Brawl Stars are deceivingly easy to to master. Um, one could argue that they don't really, each of the characters individually, they don't need that much time to master, but they compensate with quantity. Because in Brawl Stars, you have so many game modes, there are so many uh, opponents that you really need, and so many maps, that you really need to master, okay, I know how to use Poco, but then I need... I have to learn how to use it in this specific map, how to uh, extract the maximum value, 
um, in this specific game mode, maybe in one game mode, I'm using more the healing ability, but maybe um, in some other game mode, I use it more as a, a area damage dealer. Um, and uh, the fact that there are so many characters, op uh, opponent, uh, yeah, that there are so many brawlers, it also requires you to learn the uh, ranges that the ranges that each of the enemy units have, the um, dodge patterns that you have to do with against every each of the enemies, and that that is a huge mastery. So, mm -hmm. although. Uh, because this was something that we were discussing before, like, okay, Brawl Stars, each of the characters, they, they don't require that much to master. I think that the big the biggest difference is that um, in Brawl Stars, they compensate with a lot of, of quantity. Mm -hmm. While in Pokemon Unite, it's not only that the characters get dominated relatively fast, but also the fact that uh, the roles are not as clear because because these builds are so mobile, like it's not clear. Like, okay, I'm fighting against a, um, a Charizard, and I don't know if it's a damage dealer or if it's yeah. more a support kind of thing. Depends yeah. on what the other player has done with it. Uh, so really, it requires a, a, um, it removes a lot of mastery from uh, the equation. And just also on Brawl Star, there's a like physical skill mastery, but there's also power curve. So there's a mastery when it comes to you know. Your character is like forty percent. What you mentioned, right, Javi? It can be up to forty percent the the increase in, in in power. And there's something. There's also this. That's like it's not only about the skill that you have. It's also about the time you invested and your luck, because it's gacha in the case of a brawl star. Yeah, and even so, yeah. even um, in the case of brawl stars, they they probably have realized that there is a problem with the mastery dev, which is why they have added the gadgets. Uh, which is like yeah. okay, as soon as you have mastered the Basic mechanics of the of the character. Well, now it's the gadgets. So now you need to relearn this character, and now it's a star yeah. power. So you need to relearn, and then the second star power. So um, it's a story that never ends, and uh, this is something that this game doesn't have, mm. at least not right now. But as I mentioned at the very beginning, and that would be my last thing, is that there's a progression path. I know that I want to unlock the star. I want to unlock the star power one, the star power two. I want to get my my character, my favorite character to get better. And this is the thing I was mentioning at the very beginning, Mishka. That I was like, when I play Brawl Star, I say, I want this character. I want it to be good. <laughs> I'm going to just try to grind it so that I can get all of those upgrades and things. And this is clearly what I was a little bit lacking in uh Pokemon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was it was um, not as clear. And also, when we talk about the changes in the core, like you mentioned, the score-based victory condition, the compressed side objectives, the straightforward character builds. One thing that I was kind of lacking as a as an enthusiast MOBA player is that I get, didn't get to dominate anybody. Like it, the victories didn't feel as good because you, I never even got to the last scoring point. Like I, it wasn't like. You know, we rolled over somebody. It was just like we played a game of pickup basketball, and we we won them twenty-one three. And it was like, okay, well, fine. Let's play another one. Let's play another one. And when you lack the progression feeling with with together with not feeling that that you are dominating, even when you are dominating, um, I think I think those are those are kind of like the challenging elements there. Sorry for interrupting this podcast, but. I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new, untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. After recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched WebShop for mobile games. This timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the App Store and unite your player community across all devices. Plus, it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention. If you're ready to increase revenue, save on fees, and regain control over distribution, Exola WebShop for mobile games can help you succeed. Visit exola.pro slash D-O-F or go to the link in this podcast description. Let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops. Now we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games. And I'm sure you got the people part covered. But how fantastic your tools truly are. Well listen, if your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. 
B-Mobile simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, B-Mobile got you covered. And B-Mobile is not only for your product folks. With visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. But I wanted to ask, like Adrian, starting with you, like we're talking about core first and we're talking about these core changes. What do you think was the goal of these changes into the core gameplay? And do you think they achieved the goal that they've set by changing the core so much from a typical MOBA? So for me, so I think we mentioned that already a little bit. Mm-hmm. The, the core was very simple, and that's the perpetual quest of you know casualizing a a core genre and trying to get more more people to play it. And to some extent, and talking with some people that some friends of mine that play the game, it worked because I've seen people play this game that would never have touched any Wild Rift or a game this way. So to some extent, it works. The problem is like when you're trying to go casual, casual, more casual. You're gonna lose the core people, and the core people are the one that are spending. So this is where your money is. So yes, I think to some extent they managed to make more people play the game, but they lost. They they left so much money on the table that the, the number you're seeing right now is the result of that, in my opinion. Mm. Javier, what do you think? Kind of similar. Um, Joaquin Macren says uh, talks about making a deep game for the masses and. Um, how many challenges are there. And uh, I think that um, in MOVA in particular, the fact that it's a, the fact the complexity is something good. Um, we can argue if the entry barrier is something that can be removed or not, but the fact that the complexity, the complexity that it has and the depth that it has is what makes people play the game over and over again. Like whenever you play uh, a mover and um, it's something that calls you, uh, you see that you can lose yourself in the game. You can watch guides. You can uh, see YouTubers. Uh, you, the, the, the amount of effort and the amount of um, time that you can spend on this game becoming better and better is huge. It's not unlike uh, a real sport. Whenever you play uh, soccer, like if you want to really become good at soccer, you need to spend a lot of time and and that's fun and actually it's very rewarding uh that sensation where you you and your team of friends uh become better and better um so that complexity is something insanely important Mm -hmm. um i think uh pokemon unite tries to make the game accessible uh but by making the game accessible it removes the depth and it removes that magic ingredient so the feedback that I have obtained, because I'm super biased, because whenever I play a game like this, I'm uh, I'm not even enjoying it anymore. I'm seeing like, oh, I know, I see what they are trying here. Oh, I see what they are trying here. But it's very difficult for me to assess the fun. So in order to assess the fun, I need to talk to a lot of people. And the common comment that I get told about this game is, oh, yeah, it was fun at the beginning, but then meh. And I, I think that yeah. kind of summarizes what I think it's the problem here um, that it's a game that sure it's accessible uh, it's very you feel good very easy but then there's nothing else um, and by the time people realizes that this is over and over the same thing they get bored got it so so your assessment essentially you know is that it was the idea was to make a game for players who don't really play mobas but like Pokemon, that's a wide audience. And now you give them a game that is quite accessible, but has more depth than Brawl Stars, which we know is um, is suffering from the lack of depth and depth, and and has to just increase the amount of content they produce, the amount of characters they produce, the amount of levels they produce to keep the game engaging and and have been adding more depth to characters through the progression mechanics. So, so they kind of tried to go, to my understanding, from the middle. Like they're not. As deep as well, not definitely not as deep as Wild Rift, but definitely deeper than Brawl Stars. And we're trying to find that sweet spot. And it feels like they failed. Like they're too shallow for core audience and too complex 
for for the casuals would that be correct way you know, lack of progression i would say for casuals lack of, they need lack to of be they need to be guided way more they they tried to to do the empire and puzzle thing you know they tried to do this and in empire and puzzle has a good onboarding it feels like a puzzle but then it starts to start start to go to a, a more rpg mm-hmm. style very quickly and this is what they tried to do i think for for casual they like they like the guides they, okay i'm doing i'm on i'm on a journey i'm gonna go mm-hmm. do this and mm-hmm. i have my brawlers i'm gonna accumulate things and for core they like i want something deep i want something that i can i can watch uh, a, a twitch stream on it like yeah. how, how do i get good how do i get good guides on specific characters how do i get my venerator to be the best and i'm reproducing this guy that i saw on youtube that's doing great and that's doing multi-kill things you don't have this in pokemon Mm. Another factor that I think it's very relevant, and uh, I know we're talking over and over about Brawl Stars, but actually this game made me realize how good Brawl Stars is, um, is that Brawl Stars may be simpler on each of its individual components, but it has good systems in order to incentivize players to master them all. in particular, the fact that the trophies is the your, the player trophies is the um, accumulation mm-hmm. of the individual trophies of each, each of the characters yeah. made you have to play and master to some degree all of the characters. Yes, um, which is completely different to League of Legends, where uh, the less characters that you master, at least at the beginning, the better, because um, they they are really really difficult to master, right? Um, so. In Brawl Stars, what is really good is that the game, the game systems make that organically the player plays with a lot of the brawlers and have to master them all. Um, and that kind of compens- compensates the fact that the individual um, complexity of each of the elements is smaller. But one of the problems of Pokemon Unite is that those systems are not here. In fact, all of the systems are incentivizing the player to specialize even more than in League of Legends, and even more than on other, let's say, more hardcore, um, more hardcore MOBAs, because this game doesn't have a pick and ban mechanic. Um, the the you select, yeah, yeah. You can select characters in each team, yeah. and the the way they have um, structured the the competition makes that whenever you're you're high on the on the competi- on the competition on a high league, you're you don't want to play with a new Pokemon because then mm-hmm. you're going to lose and you're going to go down. Um, and this is a completely different experience to Brawl Stars. In Brawl Stars, if you're really, really good with one character, you want to play with the other because yeah. with the other, you have more chances of increasing your trophies, which is ultimately make you prog- progress. Uh, in Pokemon Unite, everything is like a- about uh, focusing in one, maybe a second Pokemon, but that's really your choice. Mm-hmm. But um, it really forces you to stay linked to one character. So if the characters do not have a huge depth, and on top of that, you don't diversify, um, that even shortens the amount of playable time that, that you can be playing while mastering something new. That's a, that's a very good point you raised, because the champions are the lifeblood of any MOBA. And you have to create a systems where you want to play as many as possible. Like even the uh, the original League of Legends character rotation system yeah. is one of the best ones because that pushes you to play with others and pushes you to monetize. And I especially like what Heroes of the Storm did back in the days is that they had the character that the champion rotation, but with each champion, you also the the higher that the higher level you got, you unlocked more of the skills that you were able to choose. Like in this game, you were able to choose how do you specialize as the match goes on. And the more you've played with a character or with a champion, that means the more mastery you have it. And now instead of two choices, you might have three or up to four different choices. And and that was pretty cool. Plus you unlock new skins as as long as you play to level five and level ten and so forth. So so any kinds of systems that pushes you to play with as many heroes or champions as possible is incredibly important in MOBAs, and that doesn't happen in this game. So I wanted to ask a question, like uh, just just for those who haven't been playing too much, like myself, how do you get new Pokemons in this game? Because I saw them in the store, but I didn't have I didn't find that sort of a progression path that I'm playing in order to unlock this next character. Like um, how do you how, how do so, you unlock? 
So it's because it's because there isn't there's a couple of progression thing that unlock Pokemon, especially like first time user experience, challenges. Mm-hmm. So you're on the path and you will get some for free. But the core the core thing is the shop and it's a direct purchase shop. So you go there, you spend you'll spend your cash and you get directly your mm-hmm. Pokemon license. You can use soft currency, you can use hot currency. Um so you will get a couple for free because you've been playing the game so you accumulate currency you will be able to get some new but that's 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 basically the way that that you get new pokemon so there's a couple of there's a couple of progression system small ones that are like you can get this one mm-hmm. and something that I've, I've been also criticizing about the game that I still would be great and they actually did it for Halloween which is that you can get it through some live ops event mm-hmm. uh, they just did it so this was something that I was craving for was like please do something do something with live of some of the new Pokemon, and they, they actually did it. And this is a good path, in my opinion. But yeah, it's mainly through the shop. Interesting. Into the shop. It's quite confusing since you have so many characters. I mean, you're in the Pokemon universe, and so. plus you have Timmy that can do unlimited amount of content. Like they're not afraid of content treadmill. So Javier, how do you? How does this way of unlocking new champions in Pokemon Unite? How how does that compare to? The Wild Rifts, the Honor of Kings, the Mobile Legends, and the Brawl Stars of the world—like, like, how would you compare it? So, in in most other MOVAs, um, and I'm excluding Brawl Stars from this, uh, the player gets what the player wants. So, it's similar in the sense that uh, there are um, it's direct acquisition. Uh, the biggest difference is that again, uh, whenever you acquire a uh, a character, you need to invest a lot of time in order to, to master it. Uh, the main difference would be uh, primarily Brawl Stars, where the acquisition is randomized because you get Brawlers uh, from the loot boxes, um, and and which kind of extends. It makes that you cannot go directly to the, to the character that you want. Um, mm-hmm. But what is interesting is that in most other MOVAs, um, there is an intended path of, of for the player to go. So there are some characters that are kind of introductory, um, like in Well Rift or League of Legends, Garen or Trindamer, like characters that uh, are simple to uh, master or simpler mm-hmm. than others. Um, and then as the player masters them, they then naturally moves to other uh, perhaps more effective characters like in, in more complex roles, like uh, jungler type uh, characters or Katarina and characters that are way more difficult to control and that uh, mm-hmm. if you're unskilled, uh, you're going to get wiped. Um, in, in Pokemon, this really doesn't happen. It's more like choose the one that you want and uh, they pretty much have more or less the same uh, performance. In fact, I would say that probably the beginning ones are the ones that are more favored by the hmm. uh, community right now. Um, like Venusaur is <laughs> extremely powerful, um, especially and especially if, if equipped with the, with the proper held items. Um, and th- this is actually one of the uh, systems that um, kind of reinforces specialization, the held items, because they're, uh, th- the held items increase the abilities of the characters. They are difficult to uh, obtain. They are difficult to master. Uh, Well, not to master, but to upgrade. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it means that whenever you have uh, upgraded a set of held items, it's an extra investment in terms of money and and resources uh, to get extra held items, Um, which is, again, another factor that makes you uh, stay... uh, Marriott <laughs> to the to the Pokemon that that you first choose. Just yeah. to just to add a little bit on that, Mishka, it's like but what we said before is like there's a, there's nothing that just encourages the player to to try more Pokemon. So it's yeah. it's like they are getting mastered quickly, except for the held items, but the held items are shared. So it doesn't really matter. Like you don't have to specialize in the, in one. So it's easy to master, and then it's direct purchase. So there's like there's there's nothing stopping you for from from just keep playing the same the, the same thing over and over again. You you see, you see my point here? Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's almost discourages. Same yeah. thing as with Clash Royale, for example. When you have your certain deck, you don't want to make any changes because you lose exactly. trophies. 
and and then you're and then you're screwed. So it's it's very much the uh, the similar approach, except that in Clash Royale, at least you have eight cards that you're optimizing against. In this one, you essentially have one, maybe two, if you're feeling very adventurous. So this is this is why this is putting, and this this is basically what our, our conclusion that this is putting a tremendous amount of pressure on creating more of those because it gets easy to master. So like the, people want more and more and more, so it gets it, it 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 puts a lot of pressure on that. And the other point, and I think we'll come probably come back to that after a little bit, is the the live ops is not really helping on that since it's very simple. It doesn't really provide this type of engagement that you will get for free. Mm-hmm. Without adding content, so the the game ended up being a, a big content treadmill, which could be which could be an issue. Let's be honest. Mm. Even if Timmy has like the firepower of of, of anyone, yeah. <laughs> everyone in the in the in this industry. Yeah, but it's also a smart smart studio where they wouldn't invest too much in a game that is not growing. But exactly. but Timmy has shown from before that they can they have they have a very sort of a long haul view on games. You know, get keep monetize old school approach. So they're not worried about quarter over quarter revenues per se, and they kind of believe that they can get there, and they have you know they have proven that they can get there. So uh, talking about getting there, like how would you know? We talked about the changes in the core game, and the whole idea was to clearly to make it more accessible for audience that is not hardcore mobile audience. Uh, but and and um and it seems like the biggest sort of a mistake, if you will, has been done in in the fact that it lacks clear progression mechanics and it lacks, most importantly, the incentive to try to play with different Pokemons. So how would you change that at this point? Like, like what, what kind of a changes would you be implementing to, to fix that issue? So I'll just try, uh, Javi, mm-hmm. something. The, for me, I would put like, a, lot of, a lot of power on the live ops itself. So having the release of a new Pokemon being... I don't know if you've played AFK Arena. I think you probably have yes. one of my favorite games of all time. Um, when a new character released, it's like a big thing. There's a try, especially the Dimensional, which are the most uh, you know the, the the most important characters in the game. Probably there's a big there's a big event. There's like an event to be able to get it for free. You can pay directly for it. There's like there's a big thing, and the whole it's, it's like even if the whole season was around this new character, the new content that's, that, that, that that's coming. And in my opinion, this is something that would work very well for this this like core cash casualized core audience because they would be like okay cool i need to engage i need to i need to do this event there's a lot of different things that i need to do in order to get the new content for free but also be able to play with it like free trial afk arena again does it very well free trial on on characters to to taste a little bit and so i would start with this for the acquisition and then i will try to like javi said encourage with the system different modes where different pokemons are better than others Maybe a pick and ban system, maybe a rank plus plus when you can when you can rank with one specific, but then you you can also play with different with different Pokemon. So I would basically live ups for acquisition, really put everything around the idea that like it's it's temporal, it's now. Something's happening right now and you need to do you need to go to go for it. And the second step for me is also the revamp a little bit those systems to make it so that it's not I wanna only play Venusaur and that's it. I can also play with something else and I can have the same amount of fun, if not more. Mm. So this would be my and that would my that would also that would also mean that you would have to uncouple uh, your event progression from the uh, the overall uh, progression yeah. of the game. Meaning that when you are engaging with a Pokemon that you haven't really played before, that shouldn't hurt your overall exactly. progression. It should only accumulate towards that event progression. It's always parallel when this comes to this. It's parallel and temporary. Mm. So it's like you need to do. It's, it's the thing to do now, and this is very important. Again, I'm just I'm quoting AFK Arena with the yeah. dim- dimensional system. Uh, great system. It's I mean, a, it's a, it's a good game to quote. Javi, do you agree, or would you add something more? I do agree with what was said. In the end, um, what they need to do is diversify the amount of of Pokemon that players play with. Um, they, I mean, Pokemon is an IP the uh, has a strong collection factor. By the method of acquisition of Pokemon that they have in the game right now, they have removed that component, and this is something that they could explore in order to generate engagement. They could, um, as Hadrian said, uh, add more events that make players play in a specific ways, maybe play in a specific uh, game modes uh, in order to uh, obtain them. I think. 
one pending decision that they have to take when it comes to the gameplay. It's the uh, if they are going to be a game with a main mode or in a single map, or they are going to go for multiple maps and multiple modes. Uh, in fact, in the quick modes, they they actually have more maps, um, which to be honest, they're not as fun. As, uh, in, at least in my opinion, they kind of. Uh, have the same problem that in League of Legends have the Aram map and so on. It, it is cool. It makes more, puts more focus in some other stuff, but really it's not as fun as the main thing. But I think they still, although they, I, I, I feel it's unlikely and maybe it's not a wise decision to touch the core very much. Uh, I think they still have room to iterate on the main map that they have. They can do improvements. They can um, do small variations that can progressively make the game uh, more deep in terms of uh, the decisions between on which lane the characters go and so on. Because um, that would reinforce more the decisions of uh, ro of roles and the distribution of, of lanes. Right now, nobody cares about the lanes because you can switch the lane very easily. Um, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, in the, in the, when it comes to the gameplay, they can do improvements on, on that regard. Definitely uh, adding more collection methods to the Pokemon rather than direct purchase, it's a great idea. Going for events, for incentivizing players to play with stuff that they don't have. Um, and when it comes to systems that really I think they need to revamp, um, really I think they, they need to revamp the, uh, com the competition system. That mm -hmm. the league system that they have where uh, defeats are punishing and uh, it, it disincentivizes uh, players to test new things and it disincentivizes players to play with, with a variety of, rost uh, of roster and uh, that's really har harming the game. Uh, in my opinion, they, they should go for an approach more similar to Brawl Stars, maybe not requiring players to play with every single Pokemon. Uh, that may be too much. But maybe with some selection based on the type or based on the on the uh, element or something like that, they they can figure out something uh, in order to make players play not only with a single Pokemon but with four, eight, and uh, eventually master a lot of them. Mm. And before before we kind of wrap this up, I wanted to ask you guys about the monetization and and the uh, and the team play. Like, do you think like first of all on the monetization front, do you you know? Would you fix anything from the from the current perspective? Like, assuming that you were able to make new Pokemon's more desirable, would you keep the same monetization system as it is, uh, Adrian? Mm, I mean, based on what the other games are doing, if we manage to make them play with more, I would stick to the same thing. I think if we manage to do the sort of AFK arena style thing with free trials and events and new new ways to obtain Pokemons, I will keep the the you pay now to skip that uh, type of shop. I think this this works. This is not the problem. Is mm -hmm. that the problem is that the problem is like it's the player is not encouraged to play more. Exactly, which is the issue. So I will stick. I will stick to that. For me, this is not the biggest the biggest issue. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and um, and okay, so. That that's what I thought. Like the systems per se is not really what what is no, holding this game for monetization. It's not direct purchases versus shards versus gotchas and that kind of stuff. It's more like just incentive to actually make those purchases. And uh, one thing that I wanted to ask regarding monetization, like Javier, uh, do you feel like there should be some a little bit more pay to win mechanics, like even like remotely pay to win, like you know Mobile Legends, I would uh, say All Star this, upgrades. Yeah, I would say this game actually is more pay to win than other MOBAs. Uh, because they have the held items, and uh, if we compare, uh, just for those in the audience that maybe don't, don't play MOBAs uh, or don't know Mobile Legends, for example, they have uh, skins that um, increase the some stats, like some add some passive uh, buffs to the to the characters. So they, it's slightly uh, pay to win ish. Um, and in Pokemon, there's a similar thing. Each Pokemon, ha Pokemon Unite, sorry, it has every Pokemon has three held items, and the held items, each of the held items, uh, grants up to three um, abilities or buffs. But they are 
very powerful. If we compare the amount of, um, I mean, the, the volume of, of stats that they increase or the effects that they generate, it's it's huge compared to, to other games. I'm thinking now from, I mean, just citing from memory, but in the article you can find the screenshots. Um, but there are there is one item that it's like 20% uh, damage, uh, uh, lifesteal on damage. Wow. So it's, it's, yeah. it's huge when um, fully upgraded. So it's a game that it's more pay to win than, than others. I don't think that's necessarily the problem. Mm-hmm. Honestly, judging what works on on MOVA Mobile, the ones that make the most money, they integrate uh, pay-to-win mechanics. Like, in, I mean, it's not as heavy as a 4X, but they all integrate some degree of, yeah. of pay-to-win. Um, I would like it to be different, but that's what it is. Uh, Brawl Stars, they, they have grades, and it is true that the percentage of stat increment that the grades generate in, in Brawl Stars is smaller than the percentage of stat increment that you get in Clash Royale, significantly different, um, significantly smaller, but there is there. It, it is there, right? Um, I actually think that in, in this game, probably they have went too fast when, when adding this, and they have went too over too overboard with it. I think they should have been a bit subtle with it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with, with, with that, if they are going to eventually re- rebalance it down or not. We will see. Uh, probably not, because they want to make money and, and um, it, it's... it's um, I, that, that would be difficult to change. What, what about the people that already paid for it? Um, and now when it comes to the monetization as a broad topic, um, I think there's a range of decisions that you can take before a game is launched and a range of decisions that you can take when the, once the game has launched and you have established a kind of non-reading contract with the players. And uh, there are several things that, in my opinion, they should have done different before launch. The uh, skin system um, should have been different. They have this fragmented uh, cosmetic type of system for the Character, I mean, for the player avatar, the which avatar, is barely yeah. not seen in the game. But then yeah, yeah. W- with the Pokemon, it's just like skins as a single piece. And why not the other way around? It would have made m- way more sense. Maybe they could have com- um, they could have considered having some upgrade on the Pokemon. I don't know. But now it's too late. Like now they cannot introduce that without killing their the, the audience that they have started to build. And actually, the biggest. Pro- Probably one of the biggest issues that they have is that they are not accumulating a huge audience because the downloads are not staying for a long time in the game. So now it's not the time to take decisions to foster monetization, in my opinion. Now it's the time to foster a big audience. Uh, and then we, we think about how we monetize them later. That makes sense. All right. Just maybe, okay. Mishka, like to add on that before we wrap up. For me, there should be also a full UX sort of discussion mm-hmm. the current ux i think if you have to, to stick to the strategy of okay we're going we're going with the diversification we're doing with those pay to win elements but the, the the way the elements are placed on the ui and everything should be should be sort of should be supporting that which it currently doesn't there's the event are buried the held items are buried somewhere um you, you should be able you know Warstall does it again another oh, again Warstall, but it does it very well that you see your progress on different characters, you see your builds, you'll see the next star you're going to mm-hmm. get, all of that. The tasks um, in the battle path, exactly. they're very clear. All of that, the current UX for me doesn't support anything. It's neutral at best, and I think it should. they, sh- they should have a discussion about that for sure. Yeah, it's it, like Based ca- on the strategy. It's like a careful one, almost like, hey, we're making a game for a wide audience, Western audience, let's not intimidate them with a lot of... A lot of buttons, a lot of, lot of shabazz. Yeah. So, <laughs> just thought, if the Pokemon are so important, why can't I access my Pokemon collection just from the menu? Yeah, that, that's it's, interesting. It's a beautiful UI and, and a nice UX, uh, but it's not kind of hitting its, it's, its goal. It's not supporting the goal. So, I wanted to, I want to wrap up by getting your predictions. So, next six year, next six months, so two quarters by the summer, does this game? Grow its revenue? Does it get to a growth path, or, or is this is this it? Like, is Teamy gonna you know? Because they're already already making the uh, 
Honor of Kings, um, Genshin Impact version of that. And they have a bunch of cool games in the works. They got Call of Duty Mobile. They got Honor of Kings. So they got a lot of games they can be investing into. What do you think? And uh, next six months, or is this game going to turn around and, and start growing? Let's start with Hadrian. Mm-hmm. I, I think the current, for me, the path will be the thing is going to grow a little bit with some content drop, and then it's going to stale and maintain. Mm-hmm. Just maintain, but not to a level that's, that's to me acceptable, in my opinion. Javi? I mean, not sure if it's going to be in the next six months, but I think that this game is going to have a huge increment on the revenue, uh, but it will be linked to the release on China. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar to what we have seen in Will Rift, where the game was just doing okay in the West. I mean, not probably in the lower range. It was making less mm-hmm. revenue than Mobile Legends in the US, for example. Uh, but then they released on China, and they are making 10 times more money. Uh, and I think um, the, it could happen the same thing with with this game uh, when they release on, on China. But if we... so. I think it's going to make more money no matter what. Not sure if it's going to be in the next six months, but eventually. The thing is, um, what happens in the West? And uh, what's the potential win that they are going to obtain in, in, in China? I think, again, it will really depend on on if Timmy really invests on it or not. I don't think so. I think it's going to kind of stagnate. Maybe they achieve like a small growth, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect an uh, an explosion of of growth, just because they need to solve a lot of problems with. I mean, they they would need to make a lot of changes in order to do that. And um, maybe if the game was in soft launch, I would have a different opinion. But I think that solving some of the issues that they that the the game has are not trivial. Changing stuff related to core gameplay or, or tweaking that at, at this stage and with the limited range of changes that you can do once the game is live, that's difficult. Um, so although I think there are some easy wins, uh, low-hanging fruits that they could collect, um, I wouldn't expect this to become another Brawl Stars um, in the next six months because there's just a lot of things that need to be changed in order for uh, the game to achieve that. So even even the change of events to favor different champions would not be enough. I mean, that's... as I thought, we'll just do a small bump drop, but it's not going to fix the core thing that Javi mentioned. I think that would help. The, the, my thought, think, my thoughts with that is that in order to turn a game around, and we have Miska talked a lot about this. It's not about doing one change. You really need yeah. to change a lot of things in, in a lot of areas of the game. And some of the changes are, are sometimes subtle. And my concern is that in order for the game to reach like the next level when it comes to revenue and, and growth, uh, it requires so many changes in so many different areas that um, I, I see it very, very challenging. I'm not saying it cannot be done, but it's mm-hmm. really challenging. Mm. Well, if there's one studio that can do anything, I think it's, it's Timmy. I think it's Timmy. <laughs> Absolutely. At the end of the day, all the yeah. good factors that the game had that we were anticipating or made us anticipate a, a, a huge win or a huge success before it was released are still there. The IP is still powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay, it's it's um, like it has a base where they can build on top. So all of the values are still there. And although we can frame it as, oh, they got a lot of, of installs, and, but they didn't make the money, wasted opportunity. It's never a wasted opportunity. It's it's in a game that has such a huge market penetration at launch, uh, that's never the last bullet. Because they can then release something, one event or one, do something in the game and then reawaken all those users that play the game. Maybe they... Thought like, oh, sure, it didn't interest me for a long time. But then, if everybody starts playing with it, and there's a, something new and and really that calls people in again, I think mm-hmm. they they can bring back a lot of those installs. And in fact, a lot of games that have been able to turn around, uh, like legacy games that then start making a lot of money. What the hell happened? They have made it because of that. They have made it because they released this kind of a band or this kind of massive change that kind of brings everybody back. 
Well, on that note, big thanks to Hadrian Simrud, Javier Barnes. Check out the uh, the full deconstruction on Deconstructor Fun blog post uh, blog. You guys did an amazing job just breaking down this game, and and um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot by talking to you, and especially by by reading the uh, the whole the whole set. So uh, can't wait to see what happens when the uh, when the teamy. Uh, guys and and uh, and ladies read the uh, the post and and go through their backlog and and see if if those are the type of things that they should be doing. So thank you, thank you, fellas, so much. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, everybody for listening and drop some comments. Uh, Javier and Hadrian will be answering those on on either here or on the DOF Slack or on the blog or you know anywhere where you send the comments on their LinkedIn. DM. That's actually the best because then it doesn't have to go through me. So, so, anyways, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much, guys, for, for opening up this game. Thank you for listening to the whole episode. If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.